His name is Frank Furness, and he's an international keynote speaker and specialist on sales and social media. He's presented in 69 countries. And as also, and this is what I want to find out about, is his speaker's boot camp in, on five continents in 40 cities. So, Frank, welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Hey, well, it's great to be with you and uh, meet your audience. You know, I think you are the first guest that I've had from the UK. So you you are representing your country. I don't want to make you nervous. Anything. Oh, that's great. But don't expect a UK accent because I come originally from South Africa. So that's where the weird the the weird accent's coming from. <laughs> Tell me where in South I'm Africa. From, I was from Johannesburg originally, but now I'm a I'm a global cowboy because I have homes in Orlando, Spain, and the UK, and I just spread my time between the three. All right, I've got to ask you to slide over a little bit so I can see the drum set. I'm a drummer, and I oh. want to see your drum set. Oh, my gosh. I used to have the same stand of uh, Tempales or whatever you call them. Oh, that, I swear I think we have the same drum set. Mine is uh, – And that's oh, look you. It, that, that all comes from Brazil. Wow. Look and at then, that. Uh, my guitars over there and around yeah. the corner are my saxophones. Wow. So you play a lot of instruments then? Yeah, I play drums well. The others I play badly. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I only play drums and I do them badly. So, okay, that's good to know. Well, now, I, I want to get right. Oh, first of all, um, I just thought it's ironic. Here you are from South Africa, and uh, my girlfriend is leading a two-week tour to South Africa uh, on June 6th. So, Oh, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, she was going through her itinerary and telling me where all they were going, and it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So one of the things that you recommended, and I do want to get into Speakers Boot Camp and everything like that, but especially over the last few years, sales and marketing has changed. From your perspective, how has it changed, and how do we adapt to that change? I think the biggest things is what technology has brought to us. And, and for me, the two biggest changes are we used to have sales, we used to have marketing, they now merged into one. Salespeople actually have to learn marketing skills, personal marketing skills, especially in areas like video production and LinkedIn. For me, LinkedIn is the best thing that has ever happened. I have 32,000 followers. By the way, please follow me on LinkedIn, Frank Furness. Um, and uh, I have a whole strategy on there. I post four times a week. I tell stories. Um, I even have an online course on uh, LinkedIn and YouTube marketing. Well, so I've created these because I've, I've bought every course out there. I've bought every book and I've realized how, how important it is. So I've become almost a specialist on LinkedIn. So, But LinkedIn is just part of the whole sales process. I believe that that's the way that you're going to get your prospects. That's, that's the new cold calling, really. But then you have to get back to all of the traditional stuff. When you meet somebody, how do you develop rapport? What are your questioning techniques like? Uh, I've just got a company last week that contacted me to say, listen, our salespeople aren't as sharp as they used to be. Can you come in and, and work with them? 
I've got another company uh, where their salespeople are earning like a half a million dollars. So they, they're like the gods of the industry, but they've asked me to go in and help them as well because they great on face-to-face. -face, but now when they have to sell online, that's a whole new thing we got to do as well. You do it every day, Will. So you and I, we're used to this. But for a lot of salespeople that have been used to face-to-face, -to -face, it's a whole new skill to learn. So we've got to learn all of these new technology skills, how to use LinkedIn, uh, how to use YouTube. YouTube marketing is fantastic. Uh, I've got a thousand videos on uh, YouTube uh, and they work absolutely brilliantly for me. But then I also have a podcast. And I think what you've got to look at as a salesperson now is how do you personally brand yourself? How do you differentiate yourself? And how do you stand out? And there's a whole lot of new skills that we've got to be learning that 20 years ago just didn't exist. It's I never thought of it in the exact way that you just explained it. And that is a merging of the various fields. Because you're right, salespeople now today need to be marketers, etc. I used to sell, uh, for decades, I sold radio advertising. Mm. And... Um, People would say to me, what is the difference between marketing, advertising, and sales? So since you're the expert, could you explain the difference in those? Well, advertising is outbound. So that's if you're going to TV, to radio, where you've already got a audience and you're broadcasting to them. Marketing is to people that don't really know about you but you're getting the message out via social media, via LinkedIn, via YouTube, uh, via uh, have you got your own blog, via your podcast. So all of these things, you now can go out to an audience. And the other thing that, that works really well now is, well, you can find your targeted audience. In the old days, it was so difficult. I remember when I started selling, I was cold calling. People would swear they'd put out on the phone. Now I can say, who's my target audience? I do a lot for offshore financial advisors. So I can go into places like LinkedIn or some of the other places, do Boolean searches. I can find my exact audience. I can connect with them, not sell to them, but connect with them, give them some great information that will help them with their business. And when they see me as the expert in what I'm doing, they'll say, listen, I like you. Tell me a little bit more about your business. And that's where the conversation starts. So advertising is pushing out to an audience that is already there. Marketing is going out to your potential new audience, educating them and letting them see that you're the specialist. And sales is where you actually get in front of them, either online or face-to-face -to, -face to sell your products or services. And I see that, and I posted it just now, you have a, a product, www.productivitycenter.com, center spelled in the way the rest of the world spells it. So C-E-N-T-R-E.com forward slash L-I tips for LinkedIn. All right, I'm going to uh, take advantage of this. As a speaker, I have a LinkedIn profile. I have an eSpeakers profile. I have this, I have that, I have this. I don't know that LinkedIn is really doing me any good whatsoever. My, my speeches are generated by a team of people who find them for me, and then we use email campaigns. So that's more how we do it. How important is LinkedIn for professional speakers like you and I? And is this productivitycenter.com uh, LinkedIn tips something that would be good specifically for us speakers? Yes, it's great for speakers and for coaches and for consultants. 
because the one thing I, I looked at how I get most of my speeches and 95% is still word of mouth and referrals, people that have seen me. But if you're a new speaker, you haven't been seen much uh, and you've got to get yourself out there. You've got to, you know, and LinkedIn is a great place to post articles on whatever your speciality is. If it's leadership, uh, if it's sales, if it's marketing, whatever it is, get some articles out there, get some videos out there. Again, video is so, so powerful. And this is going to an audience who doesn't see you or who doesn't know you. Now, one of the other things for anyone watching this now, the two most powerful things you can ever do is use LinkedIn and YouTube for search engine optimization. Anybody watching this now, please get out your phones and go into Google and type in sales technology speaker. So that's how I want to be found, sales technology speaker. And it doesn't matter where you are in the world, I guarantee you I own the first page for that phrase. And I have for the last 10 years. Two big secrets there. I keep putting up videos onto YouTube all the time that have sales technology speaker in three places. The title, the description, and the tags. The second thing where LinkedIn works for us is you said, now, well, how's that going to work for me as a speaker? So if you optimize your profile and you have sales technology speaker or whatever your speciality is right throughout, you now get to number one on the generic search engine with Google without having to pay a cent. So anyone who knows me is going to go in and type Frank Furness, but what I'm looking for is people that don't know me. So when I started this, I looked at sales and marketing speaker. It was way too broad. So I thought, I speak on sales and technology. Somebody's going to have a conference. They're going to say to their assistant, listen, we need a speaker on sales and technology. Can you go and find someone? What they're going to do, they're going to go to Google, type in sales technology speaker. And hey, I own the whole first page. There's my website. There's my LinkedIn. There's my YouTube videos. There's my blog. And they're like, this guy owns the first page. You must know what he's talking about. And that's generated me some really, really big gigs. Not a lot, but really valuable ones. That's wonderful. All right. Give me some advice as a speaker. And the reason I, I want to ask is that people misunderstand what it is I'm speaking about. They think uh, that as the world authority on complaining, I'm just going to come in and, as you would say, whinge, gripe about people who complain instead of approaching it as um, something that human beings simply do to get their social needs met, which because uh, people love me once I get over that hurdle, you know, and once they watch my video, they get it. But how would I present myself better, in your opinion, such that there wouldn't be that misunderstanding in my market? So again, for complaints, for me, that's a little bit negative. So I would, almost how do you turn the negative into a positive? So if I was you, I would be branding myself, turning complaints into compliments, how you can take your customers or your whinging customers and turn them into raging fans and then start doing videos on that start writing books on that, articles, blogs, and all of that kind of thing. Because if I own a business, it's like, oh, he's just going to be talking about complaints. No, I don't want that. But if I, if I look at it and I say, well, you know, I've got a lot of customers that are complaining. Maybe this guy can show me how I can turn them into, into winners. You know, I can turn those complaints into, this is fantastic. I love what you're doing over there. So I'd almost approach it that way. How do you turn the negative into a, a positive? And for the business, what's in it for them? I, 
one of the things that I always point out in my speaking is that the opposite of complaining is gratitude. And just then, when you were talking, I need to make sure that we have gratitude more on our website, increasing gratitude as opposed to minimizing complaining. Well, tell me how you got into the speaker's boot camp, because this is something that uh, uh, this idea is something really important near to dear and dear to my. So uh, I used to be really good at sales. In fact, I was in the top half a percent of salespeople worldwide. And people then started asking me to come and speak at the conferences and tell people how I did it. And somebody offered to pay me. And I thought, this is so cool, you know. And that's how I got into speaking. And then I remember going to my very first uh, national speakers conference uh, in the US. And I met a lady called Dottie Walters, who was a legend. I bought every book, every course of hers. And um, I, I made the, the typical mistake. I went up to her, I said, can I have 20 minutes of your time? Like, can I get 20 minutes of free time? And she said, you can have as much time as you want. It costs you $250 an hour. 20 years ago for a new speaker, this, this is a lot of money. So I bought two hours. She ripped me apart. She said, go and get your first product together. Came home, put my, put my first product together. And from that, I generated almost $100,000 in sales. And I just realized, you know, there's so much that I've learned about speaking. Let me start sharing all of this. And I put together my first speaker's boot camp. I had 20 people on that. That was in the UK. And from then, it just grew and grew. And I've done it all over the world now, Australia, South Africa, England, America, Normally, I have about 20 people. We take them away for a weekend. And even right now, I'm putting together what is going to be the best course, online course for speakers on how to speak, the platform, how to get how to market yourself, all of the things that I've learned along the line. But in that as well, I've got about 20 of the world's top experts that are going to be guests on my online course. So I'm going to be having three things I'm going to be doing now. Well, the first one is going to be my online course that I'm busy with. I've spent months recording all of that. The second thing is going to be my live boot camps that people can come to. And the third one, which I've just started, is my intense weekend, where a speaker comes and spends a weekend with me either in Orlando or my beach home in the UK. They arrive Friday night. We go out for supper Saturday and Sunday morning. We hit the gym because you've got to get yourself mentally ready. We have a great day. I teach them about single malts in the evenings and things that are way off what we normally do as speakers. But they leave you and they're absolutely transformed. And I've had a few speakers that, that have gone from, they've already been good, but they've gone from year to year because you're getting that personal, personal attention. I would honestly like to know about that myself. I, I would like to find out more. So would it be at your website, productivitycenter.com? So, no, I've got two websites. One is frankfurness.com. Productivity Center is almost the home for all my online courses. So I have nine online courses. And in about two months or ab about a month from now, you will see the new speakers bootcamp going on to there. I'm still busy working on that, editing that. But in the meantime, anybody who's got any inquiries, just drop me an email, frank at frankfurness.com, and I'll keep you updated. Awesome. Well, certainly add me to the list. I'm creating my own online speakers course. I've, I have so many people who want to teach my complaint-free concept as speakers or within companies that I am creating a program as well. And I did one a few years ago and we had 10 people go through and three of them actually went on to become full-time professional speakers. So I'm excited about that, but I always 
I want to learn more and I'd like to learn more about single malts as well. So I think <laughs> that would yeah, be great. Good. And I mean, even an added on, I'm big on cigars as well. So some oh. people don't like it, but uh, I'm the cigar fundi, you know. <laughs> awesome. Well, one of the things that I loved and I wanted you to comment on this because the reason I was saying I've set up my own, you know, I'm, I'm teaching this is I've had several people ask me and I've come up with a process, you know, do this first, do this next, do the, everything I wish I would have been handed as a professional mm -hmm. speaker. And what I find interesting is that I've taken a, a couple of people on to mentor who are paying me nothing. And as a result, they're not doing what I'm suggesting. They're treating it that way. Would you comment about that and the fact that Dottie charged you for this information? Some would say, well, my gosh, can't you just help somebody else? The thing is, if you get something for free, uh, you just don't appreciate it. I've had a few people I've given my course to free and I've gone back. They haven't even looked at it, you know, but they've all oh, Frank, give me your course. Please. I can't afford it right now. So I'll give it to them. They don't even look at it. So I've made a decision. If you can't invest in yourself, you're not going to take things on board. And you know that. Well, you'll go there. You'll mentor these people. A lot of the times you don't even get a thank you from them. And you're providing incredible value. Think about all of the years you've spent mastering your craft in doing what you're doing. Why should you be giving that away for free? You know, um, I give a little bit away for free. And what I'm doing now, my process is I tell people what they should do. I'll give them that for free in terms of articles, videos, that kind of thing. But I don't tell them how. If they want to know the how, they've got to invest in themselves. And once people invest in themselves, that's when they're going to start doing things. And I would say exactly that to you, you know, give them a little bit of what they've got to do, but the how they've got to pay for your time is valuable. Your experience is incredible. I was thinking of two quotes. The first one is from Jesus. And that is the laborer is worthy of his hire. In other words, pay the person. And the other was Heath Ledger is the joker. If you're good at something, never do it for free. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now, do you specifically run the speakers boot camp for professionals like you and I, or is it burgeoning professionals, or is it also people who want to just overcome that fear of speaking? Um, so I run two lots. One is for fairly experienced speakers, and and in fact, most of my speakers boot camps are fairly experienced speakers and new people coming into it that have had a fairly good amount of speaking experience with their companies or they've been at Toastmasters and they now want the next step of coming into it. Um, the second level, which is more like presentation skills than really professional speakers, uh, is for a different kind of audience. So the speakers bootcamp, I would say, is for anybody that wants to be a professional speaker. We, I run it over two days. The first day is all about the platform skills, what you've got to do there. The second day is all about the marketing skills, how you can get the work, because you can be the best speaker in the world. If nobody knows you, you're going to starve. And the second thing is if you're a great marketer and you're really not good on the stage, you're never going to get booked again and you're going to get a bad reputation. So it's how do you get both of those working in tandem? And then, as I say, afterwards, a few of those speakers come for the intense weekend where we look exactly at them. So there's not going to be 10 or 20 people but just one person, they'll give their speech, I'll critique the speech, we'll fix it, we'll change things, we'll add to it, we'll look at everything that they're doing in terms of marketing. And uh, I've had some, one of the people was the CEO of one of the biggest car companies in the world. 
had a massive profile, decided to go into speaking. He'd been on a few courses, didn't pick up that much, came on the intense weekend and went away with a whole new strategy, knowing what he's going to do. Uh, and now he's doing really, really well because he's already got a big profile. If he now can become a great speaker, even the marketing is going to be easy for him because he's already well known. You said um, he had taken a number of courses and I too, over the last 15 years have paid for a number of courses on marketing. Some have paid for themselves, some have cost me money, and some have sent me down entirely wrong paths. One of the misconceptions I find in the arena of people like you and I who are trying to help other speakers is this idea, almost do what you love and the money will follow. In other words, if you are a huge fan of something, anything, you can then turn it into a lucrative speaking career. And I, I, I consider that to be a bit of a myth. What are your thoughts on Oh, I'm absolutely with you. I'd look at it from the other, the, the other side and I'll say, where is an audience out that is looking for what I can provide, what I can do for them? Because I get a lot of speakers, oh, I'm passionate about this kind of thing and that kind of thing, you know, and I'll say, well, is any CEO going to pay for that for their conference? No. So mine is, I would say, the big things are sales or leadership or marketing, um, inspiration. You get different kinds of speakers as well. I, I'm a content speaker, so I give tons and tons of content together with some entertainment. Other people are looking for inspirational speakers. And again, for me, inspirational speakers, you, you've got a lot of competition there because you've got all of the ex presidents and high profile TV people that you're up against. And if you've got a company and saying, I can get TV personality or I can get Frank Furness, they're going to beat me hands down every time. But when it comes to content and they say, listen, we need someone on sales and marketing. I'll look what this guy's done. Look who he's spoken for. We're going to take him on board. So what you're saying there is I, I totally disagree with find your passion and then go out there and find it. Me, I'd rather say with find your audience who will pay for what you can give them. And even though you're speaking on a, a strange kind of subject, you've almost got to turn it around into what would somebody pay for? If I'm a CEO of a big company, I'm going to be saying, listen, well, I'm going to pay you 10 grand to come and talk to me, but I want some, I want my audience to leave with some benefits afterwards saying, wow, that was great. It was fantastic. It was funny, but they've taken three things away that are going to make it worthwhile for me paying you that money. Mm -hmm. One of the things, as I mentioned, I've struggled a bit, even with, you know, the pop popularity in my book and everything else is people misunderstanding it. And um, a speaking coach said to me something along the lines of, yes, just like you said, it's usually the assistant that goes out and finds us, but then it's someone else, he or she further up who makes the decision. And really that person spends their days with only two things on their mind. What can make me money? What can save me money? Because they've got shareholders, they've got other people to to respond to. And so for me personally, I had to do a lot. There's actually been a lot of research showing that like, for example, the average U S employee wastes four and a half hours every week, sitting around complaining to other coworkers and then putting a tangible dollar figure on that. If you're passionate about beekeeping or something like that, it's difficult. <laughs> Nobody is going to Google beekeeping keynote speaker, unless you're a beekeepers association. Yeah, and, and you're so 
I mean, you're not going to get any work. That's that's the bottom line over there. If you want to be a professional speaker, it's not about you. It's about the client. It's what they want. It's what you're going to give them and what you can add to them. So many speakers are all about, oh, it's me, me, me. I'm fantastic. I'm the best beekeeper in the world. I know everything. So what? The person who's going to be booking you is saying, can you come to my audience and can you give them what I want you to give them? And is there going to be an outcome? Is there going to be a change? Every one of them is all about what's in it for me, what's in it for our company. That's what people pay for. You want to do beekeeping, you can go and do hundreds of free talks. Even then, people aren't going to book you for that. So whatever your passion is, you've got to see how you can turn that into something tangible that is going to help businesses. Because basically, as professional speakers, we're going out to businesses. Those are the people that we're speaking to, and we have to realize how we can make a difference to them. As opposed to being a friend of mine, he and I were both into Earl Nightingale and Roger Dawson and Dennis Waitley, all the, you know, greats, Les Brown. And then I got into that field and he's like, oh, you're going to be a heat merchant. And I was like, a heat merchant? He's like, yeah, you come in, get everybody all hot. And then as soon as you leave, they start to cool. And I think that for years there was, uh, there was a space for that in the professional speaking but as you said earlier, nowadays, I think there needs to be a balance of inspiration and practicality. Would you agree? Oh, 100%. I mean, you've got to have content. Um, I, I always finish off by saying, what I want you to do is write down three things you're going to take away and you're going to apply to your, either your personal life, if I'm speaking about goal setting or your business life. But what is it that you're going to be taking away from spending your time speaking to me today? Um it's got to be, for me, it's got to be a combination of great, great content, inspiration, motivation, excitement, and fun. I mean, I have people saying to me, you're the funniest speaker I've ever heard. And I'm not a funny speaker, but I just have fun up there. And I've practiced so many stories so many times that I know what works and what doesn't work and where I can put it in for which audiences. Because having spoken in 69 countries, there's some of the Arab countries that I go to where I've got to be so careful what I even put into my slides, the stories I tell. But other countries, you know, they love all of that kind of stuff. So you've got to be very aware culturally when you're speaking internationally. I've noticed, I've spoken a number of times in China, Taiwan, Asia, the rest of Asia. And yeah, you can say something and here it just kills. You say it there and it just dies. So yeah. not exactly a what you're looking for. I want to remind everybody I'm talking to Frank Furness. He's uh, in UK today speaking to us. Go to his two email or websites, rather, www.productivitycenter.com, center spelled T-R-E as opposed to T-E-R, and also to frankfurness.com. Frank, this has been great. And I really do would, I'm going to send you an email as soon as we get off. I want to know more about these opportunities. And you say you're here. I'm in Florida. So you come to Orlando periodically? Yeah, I'll be there from October to the end of the year. So I spend half my year in Florida and I'm definitely coming to the Keys. So we'll oh. get together. We'll, we'll have a few beers and single malts and cigars. Definitely. All right. Consider the date. Let's make it happen. Well, Frank, thank you so much, and I look forward to meeting you. And I always like to bring uh, speakers like Frank on because I know a number of my previous clients watch my daily jumpstart. So I want you to be sure and check out Frank. I'm sure he would be absolutely wonderful. Thanks, Frank. Enjoy today. 
Thanks, Will, and looking forward to catching up in Florida. Yeah, same here. See you soon. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing. We're flying high, creating a complaint-free world. No more, no more complaining people. Their lives are changing. We're flying high, creating. Complain free.